Welcome to this week's episode of the Rangeless Travel Podcast, where every Tuesday we come on and share travel stories and tips to inspire you to book that next trip. This week, we are talking about our top travel destinations. We are each picking three destinations, a beginner-friendly one, a mid-level one, and an expert one. We're judging these based on budget, tourism-friendly, transportation, like easiness of transportation, like how easy it is to get from one spot to the next. And safety. And safety. That's our number one thing. And safety. Remember, all of this is just our opinion, so use your own discretion when deciding which places are the best for you to go. Let's jump into our picks. My beginner travel destination is Vietnam. I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So budget-wise, it's the most affordable place that we've ever gone. Like, no, but it's not just us. Like, everywhere. Like, everywhere. Vietnam is known for being the most affordable country to travel to. Yeah. It is. You can get so far and so little. It's... A meal is like, you can get easily find a meal for the equivalent of a U.S. dollar. Yeah. Um, accommodations. You can also easily find accommodations for... As low as $3. Yeah, there's actually a hotel that's a dollar yeah. per night. Yeah. yeah. So budget-friendly, absolutely. Yeah. Super budget-friendly. Mm -hmm. The Even the excursions and stuff, you can do, like, the famous, like, Halong Bay cruises for, like, $20 a night. That's pretty good. Yeah, like, you can do a lot on a small budget. So mm -hmm. I absolutely think, yeah, budget-wise, Vietnam. Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of... Public transit, we did motorbikes, which mm -hmm. were very affordable. They weren't public transit. They were our own But the transit. roads are really good, and it's really easy to get from one place to the next. Exactly, and there's plenty of places to stop along the way. Yeah. You could find accommodation that day. You don't need to book it in advance. You can figure it out. Yeah, and the public transportation is amazing. There are sleeper buses that will get you ev everywhere, and the buses are pretty much on time. They can be, like... Delayed somewhat? No, like a little wild. Like they will send you on a chase that you don't, you like, you're like, this is never going to work. Like the time I had to, I had to make like a bus switch in the middle of the night. And like this person sent me onto the, my first bus with like a note in my hand. I was like a child on a field trip. Like, please return to you. No. <laughs> and the person who like helped me book all of this was like, just show it to your bus driver when you get on the bus. Mm. And it's written in Vietnamese, so like, I don't even know what it says. And so I show it to him, and he just like nods his head yes, and like signals for me to sit in the front of the bus. So I'm right. like, okay, like I do that anyway, just because like, you can like ask the bus driver if you're getting off at the right stop or not. Um, so I'm on the bus, and then like I get woken up like in the middle of the night, and he's like pulling me off the bus. They already have my bag off the bus. This man takes my hand. Just, just puts out my hand and takes it and is running me across like four lanes of oncoming traffic in the dark, throws my bag over this like median, throws me over this median. He scurries over this like median like fence, like it is a fence and then like runs me. There's just another bus like stopped on the other side of the road that they flagged down while driving apparently and I just get put on that bus and I show that bus driver my note. 
But you got where you needed to go. But I got go. where I needed to go. And apparently, I, I'm not the only one that has experienced this. I have talked to other backpackers yeah. with very similar stories to this. And I was like, okay, I thought I was like unique. The public transportation system is not always how you expect it's going to go in Vietnam. But it goes. You get there. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a train that runs like the whole length of the country too. And there's trains, yeah. And there, there's ferries too for certain bits. Like we took ferry, we took a ferry. We did take a ferry across the river. Across the river to bypass a highway. Yeah. Into Ho Chi Minh City. So mm-hmm. like. And that was affordable too. It was like 50 cents a person. Yeah. Something it was like good. that to get on the ferry with the motorbike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Transportation is good in Vietnam. Tourism friendly. Vietnam is very tourism friendly. It's completely set up for tourism. I think it's probably a large part of their like GDP. It's a, it's a huge. Yeah. It's a huge piece of their economy, and there's accommodations nearly everywhere. We only had like one time we had a hard time finding an accommodation, and there was like a stretch, and it's like we were out in the middle of nowhere. We were in the sticks. We were yeah, like nowhere, but. Most of the time, even when you're in nowhere, there's still, like, lots of accommodations because it is so heavily traveled. It's very heavily traveled. So it's really tourism-friendly. Most people speak, like, have, like, some sort of understanding of English. And even if they don't, like, they're going to – they really want to – like, they're willing to help you. Yeah. Just, like, try Vietnamese the best you can. Um, It's a hard language. It's a hard language, but try the best you can. And they're going to try English the best you can, yeah, and, and it's going to be Google, fine. Yeah, and you can use Google Translate on your Go- phone yeah. and talk into it, and they'll talk into it, and it'll do Yeah, it. Google Translate is, they're like, they'll ask you to pull out your phone because yeah, so many like, people travel yeah. there. They're like, Google, Google. Yeah. Um, and like SIM cards when you go there are really affordable, so you can get a SIM card for your phone, and then you have data yeah, for Everywhere. the month for like five bucks. Yeah, so it's it makes it a lot easier because then you have maps, you have Google Translate. Right. You can also download the language onto your Google Translate so then you can use it offline. Mm-hmm, yeah. Pro tip. The other, okay, last item is safety. Vietnam is very, very safe. Mm-hmm. There's like very little crime, very little like, there's no violent crime really or anything that would make you unsafe. The most dangerous thing in Vietnam is the roads and the traffic. Yeah. And not knowing how to navigate the roads. Yeah. Every, other than that, there's no, like, drug problems or anything well, like that. It's okay. all illegal. So. It's all illegal, but, I mean, no place, I don't want to paint it like it's this, like, like this utopia. Because every place has but, humans, and humans course, are good and bad. But you don't really see it in the streets. It's not really no. something that you're exposed to. No, and I traveled as a solo female in Vietnam before, and I would recommend it as a solo female destination. Like, right. It is very safe for the most part. That being said, use your head. Of course. Um, you know, like, people do get robbed. People, like, things like that happen everywhere, but as far as Vietnam goes, just use your head. Yeah. If you're a female traveler and you want to go, go to Vietnam. Vietnam, I would recommend, is a good spot mm-hmm. to go or any for any first time yeah. or beginner or not beginner because you can do Vietnam as easy or as wild as you want. Yeah, I would go back there tomorrow if I could. I know. It's like your top yeah, spot ever. Okay. Anything else about Vietnam? Um, no, I don't think so. I think no. we covered everything we need to cover there. My top pick for beginner travel is Slovenia. Yeah? Yeah. I went 
last November. Yeah, last November, the end of November, which is the off season. It was beautiful. Like the landscape is beautiful. The cities are incredible and modern. And overall, the culture was just like really nice. The food was really good, budget-wise, because you're in Eastern Europe. So for people that don't know where Sylvania is, because that's I didn't know where it was before I went, to be completely honest. And I like to think I'm pretty good at geography. So Italy is here. Sylvania is like right here at the top, east of it, like right at the east corner. Northeast, yeah. Northeast of Italy. So it's like getting into that like Eastern European area, budget-wise. It's more affordable than Western Europe. Yeah, much more affordable than Western Europe. Um, wine is like two euros, which everywhere wine is like affordable. The food's really affordable. The accommodations is are really affordable. I think I stayed, I stayed in like a women's only dorm for like eight euro a night. Like, right in the middle of, like, everywhere I want it to be. Right. For, like, eight euro a night. That's good. Like, Paris could never. No. Could never. Like, London could never. Like, Germany could never. Slovenia, they can. Mm. So, budget-wise, it was really good. A meal was, I mean, about five euro. You can get, like, a nice meal. I always go to the grocery store, so I was going to, like, the little... And I was getting, like, these pre-made, like, salads for, like, a euro 20. Okay. And, like, a big piece of bread. So I was eating meals from the grocery store for, like, two, three euro. And I was very, very happy with it. What was the transport like there? Um, transport was easy. It was mostly buses. And the, I didn't extensively, extensively travel through Sylvania. I just went to a couple of spots there. And everywhere I went... The buses were were good. Like, it was very easy to figure out what bus to go on. And it was really tourism-friendly. Like, I think it's... Like, there were tourists there, and I was there in the off-season. It's definitely slept on. Yeah, but I, it's set, I think so. it's slept on. Like, not enough people are going there. I think more people should go. To, everyone should go. It's a beautiful country. The people are incredible and beautiful as well. But it's set up for tourism. Like, the buses are easy to use. Um, communication is really easy among people, whether they speak English or not. Many people do, but like, again, so much of communication is nonverbal. So mm -hmm. don't worry about it. You'll be fine. A lot of accommodations everywhere. The accommodations are affordable and beautiful. Airbnb is there. So there are like full apartments everywhere. Or I like booking.com. Booking.com works. And I used booking.com to book hostels when I was there. Yeah. And really affordable and really easy to find tourism. Easy there. Safety-wise, I didn't feel uncomfortable, not even once. I mean, I was in a really nice part, but, like, I walked around the streets at night. I mean, like, I wasn't just, like, out at night in the alleys by myself because, like, I'm not going to do that anywhere if I can avoid it. But, like, I, like, very comfortably, like, it was dark and I was very comfortable to, like, have dinner and then like walk around in the streets and like walk around to the night market and then like walk back to my accommodation and I didn't feel unsafe. I didn't feel right. uncomfortable. Um, it, I, it felt like a really safe, a safe place to be overall. But again, just like everyone else, use your head. Yeah, of course. Use your head. There's, yeah. 
No matter where you are in the world, there's always something. So beginner friendly, if you're trying to book a trip, we're saying Vietnam. go to Vietnam and Slovenia. Should be on the radar of places for mm -hmm. you to look into. For sure. Okay, so like mid-level, getting a little bit more difficult for travel. But uh, still easy. Like it's still, still easy. easy. For me, is Japan. Yeah. And mainly that's due to the cost. So budgeting in Japan is very difficult. Yeah. It is expensive. Um, you're looking at like 40 to 60 in the budget range per night for, for a place to stay. Yeah, you can get it. Depending on the city you go to, you can get it like a little bit more affordable, a little bit yeah. more expensive. But as far as budget goes, like, yeah, your accommodation is going to be more money than many of the places around Japan. So, right. I mean, I think the most affordable accommodation I found for us ended up coming out to like 35 euro a night for both of us. Yeah. So, uh, $35. For both of us. For both of us. Yeah, not euro. Right. Yeah, US dollars for both of us. Okay. Which was the cheapest. That was the cheapest one we found. The, the cheapest. Whole time. Yeah, that was the cheapest. Right. And I think that might have been a special deal because it might have just opened. It might have been a special opening deal. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, yeah, budget. But the transport. But the transport there is affordable unless you're going on Shinkansen, which is expensive. It does yeah. add up. But local transport is super affordable. Super affordable. The, the subways and the buses and all that is really affordable and within each city. Everywhere. And you can get, yeah, they're very extensive. It is the best public transit system in the world yeah without anyone else even coming close to comparing to that um yeah but shinkansen is expensive mm -hmm. they just up the price or they're about to just up the price for a japan rail pass so like you can get mm -hmm. it up for up to three weeks and they're like up oh like bringing, the jr pass the jr pass they're they're bringing it up by 70 percent. so it's Ooh. like doesn't even make it worth it anymore to get that. We didn't get it when we were there because we were going to... Well, the weird thing about it is as, as far as advanced as Japan is, some things are just strange and they mail it to your house before you go and you have to do it like a month in advance. And we were on the road, so we didn't know where to mail it to. Yeah. We didn't know where we were going to be, so we couldn't do it. And we were there for longer than three weeks anyway, so it didn't really pay for us. To... It didn't pay for us to do it. And, like, we priced it out, and, like, we didn't spend enough on trains where it would have been. No, I think the idea is if you're there for, like, a week and you're planning on doing, like, Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, Hiroshima. Yeah. And, like, and go back and then fly back out of Tokyo again. Yeah. Then it pays for itself, but... But we went a little bit slower. We went a lot slower, and we only went in one direction only. We didn't come back or anything like that. Yeah, so it wasn't worth it for us. No. Um, it's definitely tourism friendly, though. Yeah, but then for, like, meals, the price of meals, I think anywhere between, like, the low end was, like, 7 I was going to say, like, $8 yeah, was on the low end. Yeah, 7 or 8 was on the low end, and it goes to the sky. And then, yeah, and then you could go <laughs> as fancy like, as Like, we feel. try and eat on a budget, but it, yeah... It's and even when you go, like we go to like Seven Eleven and then Family Mart, it adds up. It adds up. Like you're like, oh, we'll just get a few snacks, and then it adds up, and you're like, why did we just do that? It's the same price as a 
as, as a if meal. we just went and got a meal at a, at a little yeah. stand so or I stopped letting Ryan come with me to the family mart to the family mart because he had no self control and he would overbuy snacks so <laughs> I love that fried chicken <laughs> um it is tourism friendly but yes it is tourism friendly it is definitely very very tourism friendly and they have all sorts of passes and things like that for different regions where you can get like a tourism pass and then you get like, you just show them a pass, mm -hmm. you get on the bus for free, you get on the train for free, we got on a boat for free. Like, yep. you know, it's like, it's set up that way and it's more affordable that way if you're doing like tourism things. Mm -hmm. There's also a bunch of things to do. Like yeah. you, we could go back to Tokyo for another two months and we still wouldn't see everything there is to do there. Yeah, because it's such a big city. Yeah. It's, and it's everything set up in a way that like the tour, the transport will drop you off close to where you need to be. It's not like you have to try and figure out and get like a sketchy cab somewhere or something like that. Like it is set up in a way that it's like very yeah. easy. Yeah. And Google Maps works really well there, which very, makes everything well. so convenient because you just type it into Google Maps and it will tell you like step by step how to get exactly. where you're going. And then because the service is also like really strong there, you can look at your phone and it will like right, right. show you where you are, where sometimes other places where the signal's not as strong. It's not like giving you those live updates. So you're just trying to like follow the map, yeah. which is doable, but... And really everything easy. runs on time in Japan, like yeah. to the second. Like if it the if the train says it's leaving at like fifteen oh seven, it's going to leave at fifteen oh seven. If it's not there and you're there at fifteen oh eight, it's because it left. Or <laughs> like you know, most of the time, nine out of ten times, it's more than nine out of ten times. It's so it's so accurate that they will send everyone a letter if they're late by a minute to work. Yeah. To work, they'll the trains company will give them a letter apologizing to their boss like it's that accurate yeah as far as that you can time everything to a t and if you have to get multiple trains it's very easy to figure out how long it's going to take whereas in other countries sometimes if you miss a connection on a bus you could be waiting for hours or days yeah like or <laughs> sometimes they, they just don't come at all so yeah. you're expecting a bus to show up and like and you're there 30 minutes early and it's not there and the bus never comes yeah yeah, and then... Safety. Safety. Japan is very, very safe. It's it one of the safest countries in the world. There's very low crime rates. There's no, like, pickpockets, really, uh, that we heard of or have experienced. I don't really hear of any other travelers complaining about those kind of things either. As a woman... As a woman, alone. it's safe. They have. I have heard of a lot of instances where people have issues with like creepy men, but that right. happens everywhere. Everywhere. In the world. everywhere, and Japan puts safeguards in place to protect women from being a victim of of anything like that. So there are like women only train cars. So yeah. if you're traveling by yourself as a woman, and maybe it's late, or maybe you just don't. You just don't want to even put yourself in a realm of having to deal with any of that. Right. You can go into the woman-only train car. Also, all the Japanese phone make a sound when they go to take a photo or a video. Right. So, you know if there's everyone's trying to like if you're in like a skirt or something and yeah, someone's, someone's trying, trying to, to do something weird. Yeah, and someone's trying to do something weird. Like you know because it makes the sound. So there's things in play right. to help protect women from anything like that happening, which makes it 
inherently more safe. A lot safe. safer, yeah. yeah. And it's you don't really hear of any like violent. No, and I've never been. I've never been victim to any of that. I've never seen any of that. It's just I've heard women that it who can have. Happen. Tra- yes. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's everywhere. So everywhere, use yeah. your use your brain. Listen to your gut. Yeah. So where's your mid? My mid level is Malaysian Borneo. Mm. Yeah, we loved it, but there was definitely a little bit more planning that would have to go on to make sure everything ran a little bit more smoothly for our travel. That's the only reason I feel like it's a mid-level is just the pre-planning of doing it all. Budget-wise... It was affordable. It was affordable. also accommodations weren't terribly cheap. No, the accommodations were also like mid, but we... That's coming from people who do this on like a super budget. So yeah. someone else is going to like go in and, and they're going to be like 30 bucks a night. That's 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 nothing. And like we paid $30 a night to be on like the river like in the jungle right. to yeah. like yeah and in we like had a, a nature reserve in a nature we're out reserve on a boat every morning like on the river. Yeah. So uh, budget it was it was. Okay, so we didn't we rented a car. Yes. That was affordable, and we did a self-guided road trip around Malaysian Borneo. For like two weeks. For like two weeks, and it was incredible. We saw amazing things, Mm -hmm. so many orangutans, like jungles, like never, we've never seen. And I think we rented the cheapest car we could find, mm -hmm. and it was about 200 US dollars for the two weeks. For two weeks. So it was like $100 US a week for this rental car. fuel was very affordable as well. The fuel was very affordable. So we were able to, and the roads were mostly good. Mostly good. That we, there were like it was sections. Su- it was surprisingly easy to get around. Like Ooh. when I thought I was going to Borneo, I was like, uh, we're going to be up dirt tracks. Yeah. Like, we're going to need a Jeep or a four by four or something. And I'm, but and no, it's paved Malaysian roads. Borneo was paved roads. roads. They were good for the most part. There were like some sections of roads that had potholes, but like we drive around in the U.S., so like yeah, it's nothing we weren't used to. Yeah. And yeah, and and food, food was affordable. Yeah, food was food super affordable. was super affordable. So it offset that budget where it's like okay, we're gonna spend a little bit more, and the. You know what it was, too? There's so many really cool experiences that you want to have because that's what you're going to Malaysian Borneo for. Is, and that's where it adds That's up. where it gets that's more it gets expensive. Because every activity is... It's on the upper side. It's on the... It's, it's more expensive. But it's not, like, super expensive. Like and it, it's usually so expensive because the government has limits on how many people can do something. Yeah. That's why... Because they're trying to be sustainable. Now, when we say it's more expensive, it's more, it adds up because you want to have all these experiences because that's what you're going to Malaysian Borneo for. Right. You're going there to get into the jungle. You're going there to see orangutans. You're going there to experience sun bears. Exactly. You're going and, there to do these things. And people things. that are going to Malaysian Borneo, they're, it's probably like a once in a lifetime thing. You're not going to go to Malaysian Borneo every summer. No. Like, I'd love to, but like, <laughs> it's just not realistic for most people. But if you're going for something for once in a lifetime, you're going to want to do everything. Yeah. So That's like, the thing. So it's like we went to see like the Rafflesia flower. Right. Like that cost like $8 a piece or something like that. I thought it was like 20 Oh, maybe it was $20 yeah, a piece. Yeah, it was piece. like 20 bucks it, a piece. It was 20 bucks a piece because we were like, maybe we won't do it. Because it, it was like $8 to go in and then you had to have a guide. Right. And the guide was another 10 so it was 18 I think. Yeah. Um. So it was like $20 US to go in. 
and but see we saw it. Rafflesia, but and they we saw only Rafflesia. bloom in these like there and Sumatra, and that's pretty and, much it in the world, and the biggest flower in the world. Yeah, so like you pay the money to go and see right. it, and like on its own, you're like, oh, if that was our excursion, it wouldn't have been that much. But then it's like, okay, now we need to go see the orangutans, and like you go there to see the right. orangutans. We have to do the river cruise. We have to do all these things. Yeah. So individually, these experience aren't that much money, but everything adds up, but you go there to do it, so you pay the money, and right. that's what you're in Malaysian board. And like for. hiking into the jungle and camping in the jungle, like that's another thing that yeah. like, it adds up, but. But you do it, because you do it you're because in Malaysian Borneo. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's set up for tourism. Yes, it's, it is. They give you, there's brochures on everything, where everything is, mm -hmm. every like hotel and homestay and things like that has them. Yeah. Like it's, it was a surprising amount of infrastructure there yeah, when we, we got there. Yeah, we got to... Um, we flew into Kota Kinabalu. Yes, and we did. And we were like, wow. We're like... We're in Borneo? <laughs> this is Borneo? Wow. This place is like a modern city. It's amazing. And I don't know why we thought it wasn't. I guess because like marketing and everyone... Like you think of Borneo and you just think jungles, but it's so much more. Yeah. I mean, Kota Kinabalu is... I really enjoyed it there. Like I would have spent... A lot of time there. Like, yeah. It was an amazing city. Yeah. It was yeah. a really cool very, city. Very, very cool city. I really liked it there. And overall, and, it was safe. Yeah. Like, and I it's felt. It's actually a shopping destination. It's a huge shopping destination. Like, That's I crashed we... my drone. Yeah. The next day when we got to Kino Kota Kinabalu, I went and bought a new drone from DJI in their official store mm -hmm. in a brand new mall. There's like yeah. four or five malls in this it's all new, compact city. All new infrastructure. Yeah. Like everything. they're building it up. They're like, hey, people, come because we're more than just yeah. the jungle and, uh, and yeah, palm cool. oil plantations. But it was only like Kota Kinabalu that was built up. Yes. In everything the, in that else. Part of yeah. Like everywhere else that we went to. And we just did like the northeastern piece so we could really dive in deeper. Sabah was the region. Yeah. That we were in Sabah. Yeah. And. But yeah, it was a nice mix. I really liked it. Like yeah. we actually stayed an extra couple of days in Kota Kinabalu because we liked it so and much. We loved there. it. Yeah. yeah. And safety wise, yeah, I don't I think, think there was too many problems. I wouldn't suggest like a woman going out late at night by herself. No, but I don't really suggest that anywhere. No. And I would say for a female traveler, do keep in mind it is a mostly a mostly Muslim country. So make sure to dress dress accordingly. So you're gonna like it's hot there too. So you're yeah. gonna wanna like cover any cleavage. So you're gonna wanna wear like more high neck shirts and then like think Lin like linen, linen and like flowy. Right. So you're just gonna wanna cover up a little bit. So like I wore my linen pants like every day and then I wore like a silk button up. That was just like super breathable right. and like flowy and like I was fine. Yeah, and you don't have to wear a head covering there. No, you don't have to wear a head covering. Only if you're going into a mosque. Only if you're going into a mosque. Um, yeah. The rest of the time you can, there's not everyone covers their hair. No. You know, it's not like a law. You don't no, have it's to. it's optional. Yeah, so if you feel more comfortable covering your hair while you're there, go for it. If mm -hmm. you don't, then you're fine. But if you go into a place where they're asking you to cover your, your head, just be respectful. Of and, course. And That's in any cover country. your hair. Um... But overall, I think it was fine. I don't know how the public transport is, though, because we didn't take it. We didn't take but it. But I heard that it's not... Fantastic. Yeah, just from overhearing some other backpackers. Yeah. Um, like, typically, there's a bus that gets you from Kota Kinabalu over to Sandakan, I think it is. Yeah, so if you're planning on going solo, I... 
I would say go to another destination first, make some friends and get some friends to come with right. you and then go in on renting a car. Right. That's what I would suggest. Um, if you don't have anyone to go with, don't not go because you can't find someone to go to. Go. But it is going to be more of that mid-level, that yeah. mid-level travel because it's going to be a little yeah. bit more planning. It's going to be a little bit more difficult to get from point A to point B. But... It's doable. Oh, and in the middle of it, you can't just like drive the whole way because there's like the forest in the middle that you have to fly over. You can drive. Okay, yeah. There's a that wasn't up in Sabah though. That no, was that's if you want to go down. So we didn't go down. Sepilok, I think. It, yeah. So is like. It I forget. Anyway, um, yeah. There's parts of it like I think it's called Miovac. No, that's not, not, not it. There's a bat cave, basically. A huge bat cave. And, yeah, and a the national only way, forest. And a national forest. And the only way in and out of this place is to fly. There's no roads that go into yeah. this place. And the flights are kind of expensive. They're really expensive. They were like $100 each way. Yeah, and it's like an hour flight. And there's no option of getting out of there other than taking the plane. Yeah. So and that... I'd imagine everything there is pretty expensive, too, because they have to fly all the supplies in. Yeah. Um, but we didn't go there. Yeah, we didn't go there. So we bypassed it. So we did it on like a more budget, budget friendly yeah. way to do it. But like, if you have a bigger budget, we wanted to go we, there. We yeah. just didn't have the time or the money. Yeah. So I would definitely like a mid-level right. travel because there's, it takes a little bit more of a budget, a little bit more planning. The transportation isn't as easy to follow and as like, it's not going to be laid out for you. It's, it's not going to be laid out for you. You have to, you have to want to go and you have to put in time into play. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have too much of like a backpacker culture. So you're not going to just like show up there and like make a bunch of friends. No. So, you know. Yeah. That's why it's mid-level. Mm-hmm. And our expert travel location. My expert travel location <laughs> is a little bit of a, like a hot take. People might not agree with this one, but. I think most people would agree with this. My, my expert location is the usa yeah i would 100 percent agree with based that. on that you're not going to a set destination if you're going to new york for a week or two weeks if you're going to chicago if you're going to la mm. if you're going to like san francisco if you're going to disney world disney world like miami if you're going to one spot it's pretty easy yeah it's not too difficult it's going to be expensive though and budget is like one of the main things too is like it's gonna be very expensive food is very expensive here even if you're going grocery shopping it's yeah. pretty expensive it's more expensive than europe yes and um food is what else was i gonna say accommodation oh, accommodation. accommodation is in it's like it's way overpriced here yeah it, you're thinking like Airbnbs are crazy prices. Crazy prices. I'm thinking like the most affordable accommodations are something like a La Quinta, which is like a motel situation. Yeah, it's like a Holiday Inn or Quality Hotel or something like that. Yeah, you're not getting. If you can find one for fifty dollars a night, you're doing good. You scored a good deal. Even like, motels, like, are like and there's 50. not, and there's very few hostels in the U.S. Yeah, very there's few. not a hostel culture here. Mm -mm. It's not a thing. Um, Most people from the U.S. are afraid to stay in hostels. You're probably not going to make any friends traveling here. 
I don't know. Unless you come with them already. Uh, it's not like set up for that. It's set up that you go, you get a room, you stay in a, your own room. You're not really commingling with anyone in a hostel because there is no hostel. There so. are some hostels. There are. We stay in one. There's a couple. Like, but like, it's not widespread. No. It's the hostels aren't there'll widespread. There'll be a smattering them between like, there'll be a few in New York. There'll be a few in... Some in New Orleans. New I think Orleans. there's one in New Orleans. We stayed in one in San Francisco. We stayed in one in San Francisco. Lovely. Yeah. But like for the most part, it's not set up for that. Yeah, there's no there's no hostel culture. Right. And then transport is the other thing. So if you're flying to a destination and you're going to there, usually those are set up pretty well with public transit. Depending on where you Depending are. The US is are. set up for cars. Exactly. So you, if you're going to multiple destinations, you need a car. And they're not cheap here. They're very expensive to rent. And you have to be able to drive. You have to drive a car... For some people, it's on the other side of the road. Some people, mm -hmm. it's not. It's on automatic, so that makes it easier. But they're expensive, and then you have to find a place to park them. Yeah, or if and if you're not, then you can do like Uber and things like that. But that's expensive. Uber has gone crazy with the prices. So transport, yeah, there's not like public transit in the U.S. is severely lacking for yeah. the most part in, in terms of like intercity links, like. Trying to get a train from New York to Chicago is a waste of time. Yeah. Like, it's going to cost you so much money, and it's going to take and you And flights are so much money, so it's exactly. not even like you can just, like, hop on flights. Like, in Europe, you can get those, like, you can get flights for just a couple right. of euros. Like, yeah. those do not exist in the U.S. But, yeah, if you're looking to go out and see the national parks and get out west and, like, explore, like, America, like, that you see in all the post like postcards and tv and all that like the beautiful landscapes you need a car yeah. that's the thing and then that's expensive yeah and it's as far as like driving wise the, the interstates are pretty well set up but like it's long long distances you're going to be driving like eight nine ten hours a day it's a lot of driving and yeah yeah would you say it's tourism friendly i'd say the hot spots are tourism friendly yeah they're set up for tourism uh, friendly, but they're they're gonna extract all the money from you. Yeah, they're they're set up to like gouge you on uh, prices for the tourism stuff. Yeah, because in the U.S., people in the U.S. travel the U.S. Yeah, so it's priced for that. Yeah, like everything is expensive here. Everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would say it's tourism friendly. Yeah, but okay, now safety. Safety is probably why this is bumped into like expert category because America is overall a pretty risky place <laughs> when you think about it. Like the amount of violent crime and gun crime here is is probably the highest in the world. I don't know that. We don't know. We that's, don't that's, know, but we, like... He doesn't know that stat, so that he's just throwing out stats. Okay, all You right. can't just throw out a stat that you don't know. Okay. Okay, right, you I'll, don't I'll, know. I'll take that one back, but like, it is high. Yeah, it's definitely high. Here, I'll Google it right now. You keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the how quickly things can change. So you could be in a, a safe area, and you could take a wrong turn, and immediately be in a spot that you should not be in. And you need to get out of there very quickly. Um, and then there's like road rage and mm -hmm. things like that happens a lot here. And you don't know if someone's armed. That's the thing. 
Yeah. I don't know. It just says more than 500 people die every day because of gun violence. Right. But I don't, I don't know. It doesn't come up. But one of the things I would say about safety is there are neighborhoods in the U.S. that are very, very safe. And right next to those neighborhoods, there will be an area with high... Crime rates. High, high crime rates. Right. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, it's inherently, like, super dangerous to no. be there. But if you don't know the areas in which you're going, you don't know your different neighborhoods, it you can very, very quickly go from, a like, staying in a in an area that's, oh, this is, like, beautiful and this is really nice, right. to I have to make sure that I'm home back before at my accommodation before it gets dark yeah so i know recently when we were in san fran um i was looking for accommodations and san francisco is one of those areas that has like really high um socioeconomic like discrepancies between the people that live there so you have really high homelessness and then it's also one of the most expensive places to live mm -hmm. so the pricing of the accommodation kind of reflected that so i was looking for a place that was Affordable, affordable, but in a safe location. And that was really hard to yeah. pin together because mm -hmm. we travel with all of our gear. So I don't want, right. there's a lot of muggings that happen. So I don't want to get mugged and have all of our work equipment get stolen. Exactly. And now like we can't, we can't work create, anymore. we can't work no. anymore. Like we literally lose our jobs because we got mugged. And all of our, like, and data, all, and everything, all of our like, data. for months is gone. Like, yeah, you know. so so it was really important for me to book a place that um, was less of a chance of getting robbed. And we didn't have to worry about like, oh, well, what if we went to dinner and it got dark? Or what if we went to get a beer right, and then right. it, it got dark? Particularly, like, as a woman, this is something that I think about. And we had to do a... We had to get off the train and get onto... A bus. bus. And the station we had to get off, I knew was a um, a more a more hard neighborhood. Right. And that area is where I was originally like looking for accommodations because they were so cheap. Well, I wasn't looking for an accommodation there. Let me change that. I was looking for cheap accommodations and that was the area that kept, that coming, kept up. coming up. And I was like, we can't stay there because like I don't want our room getting broken into. Right. So we ended up staying by the wharf at like a really nice hostel. Hostel. Yeah. Um, in like a twenty-person dorm room, and it was it was fine. Yeah. We loved it. It's probably one of my favorite hostels I've ever stayed at, like mm -hmm. anywhere. And I'm a hostel queen. And I would just say, in the U.S., that's that instance is not. Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? It's that's not like a special thing. No, that, that's that like, I encountered. Your really good accommodation options for a room or is going to be bordering in the hard areas of the neighborhood. Right. And it's hard. If you're on a yeah, and it's hard to find a, a good location with a budget friendly price. The place you the area you want to be in as someone who's on a trip or on a vacation or on a holiday is going to be expensive to stay in. Right. It's going to be. Mm -hmm. There's, like, no way to get around it. Yeah. But overall safety, it's use your head. Yeah. That's you, what it is. America is a very safe place if you use your head. It can be. It can be. But, there again, there's always things that happen, so... I mean, 
Just use your head. It's an expert spot. If, 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 you, if this is your first time ever going on a trip somewhere and you're not coming to the US to visit someone or you're gonna go by yourself somewhere and you're not an extensive, you haven't extensively traveled, there's other destinations that you can go to that you're yeah. gonna have an easier, more enjoyable time that will be less stressful. Right. And like, will be more cost effective. Yeah. Go somewhere else. <laughs> go somewhere else. Like, silly things like like if you get on a subway car in New York City and you're the only one on the subway there's car. There's a reason. Get off it. Yeah. Get on the next one with there's the people a in it. There's a reason why that one's empty and you're going to find out if you stay on there. Yes. And you don't want to find that out. So, USA, expert. If you are an expert traveler, come on. Yeah. But if it is your first trip, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My expert place sumatra 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 yeah it sumatra is one of the islands in indonesia indonesia has a bunch of islands so sumatra is just one of them and it is the biggest one the biggest one and parts of it is pretty remote budget wise it's affordable to get to you can take a ferry to sumatra from singapore yeah like it's it's affordable to get to the food is affordable the accommodations were affordable, but they were a little bit higher than other places in Indonesia. Right. A little bit higher than other places in Indonesia, but affordable overall. Um, The experiences there, because again, you're, it's very similar to like Borneo when you like, you're there to see orangutans you're there to be in the jungle like there are tigers there's tigers in sumatra Sumatra. you're there to like try to see some wildlife you're there to like go diving you're there to like go to going surfing diving surfing diving there's a lot of retreats out there there's a lot of like really really unique once in a lifetime experiences Mm -hmm. that you can get out in sumatra and because of that they cost money right they cost money and you're there to do them so just like in malaysian borneo you pay to do them but you can also do it on a budget. Like if you go to Sumatra and you're only going to like one or like if you want to surf, you can absolutely do that on a budget. You can absolutely just like rent a little spot by the ocean right. and what and like be there and food's cheap and you just surf all day and you can do it on a budget. Right. But if you're looking to do some of those more unique experiences, they cost mm-hmm. they cost. Transport. We had motorbikes. We had motorbikes again. So they were affordable motorbikes. The f- motorbikes were affordable. We did it. I don't think that many tourists rent motorbikes there. No, I don't think it's set up for that. It's not because we got there and like people were like, what? Like, yeah. You're renting motorbikes and you're doing what with them? But it was, as people who rent motorbikes all over the place, it wasn't too hard to figure out how no. to do it. Um I think for the most part, there's buses that go take you from hotspot to hotspot. Hotspot to hotspot. But if you want to go in between hotspots... It could be difficult. You might have to go back to Medan in order to make a connection to somewhere else. I don't know if there would be like a direct link from like... Uh, there wouldn't be. No. There's not. Like it's If you just want to go and do the hotspots and see the hotspots, you yeah. can take the public transport. But transport. you can get... You, if you have multiple people, you can do the, like the minivans that people yes. take. Yes. And they're pretty affordable if you fill them. If you fill them. If you don't fill them. And they'll just drive you to wherever you want to go and they'll bring you there. Yeah, you can do that. But like, again, it's like, it's a lot of planning going into this. It's a lot of like different variables that are going in. There's not really too much of a hostile culture there. 
No. So it's more of like an eco retreat culture there. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like people that are there for the nature. They're there for like to see. Like the environment. That's yeah. There. So if you do like, a, and you have to do the organized tours because you can't just take out into the jungle with no, by you yourself. Need like to, you, you just can't. You need to bring a guide. Like, so you might make friends with people like in your group if you're going solo yeah. or you're a backpacker looking to meet people. But there's not too much of just like a host, a hostel culture where you're just gonna like organically meet people in your hostel and right. then like do these things together. So if you're gonna go by yourself, you need to be comfortable with going by yourself. Yeah. Um. Or, again, you don't plan that as your first spot, and then you make friends at another place, and you go, who wants to go to Sumatra? And, like, do that with some people. Right. But it's it's just going to be a little bit... There's not that culture there, so you're going to have to make it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not... I mean, it is tourism-friendly, but it's not. Like, when you're just, like, out in... Sumatra like if you're just on the island of Sumatra and you're not in a hot spot there is nothing set up no for you there to make you more comfy or more like at home which I love because like I want I'm there because I want to experience the culture of someone else if I wanted to experience the culture that I'm used to I will just stay here (laughs) you know um so I love it because I want to experience the culture of somewhere else but inherently it makes it more difficult to go to right because it's not set up for me to be there which it shouldn't be no I'm a visitor Mm -hmm. they live there whoever lives in a place it should be set up for the people that live there my opinion I don't know if that's controversial or not but it should be set up for the people that live there not the people coming to visit but it's not set up for tourism if you are going to a very specific location to do a very specific thing, it's going to be set up, but it's more like eco-retreats. Like if you're going to a surf retreat, at that surf retreat, it is going to be set up for you because it's going to be set up for tourists because it is made for tourists. If you are going to do the hike into the jungle to see the orangutans and the birds and all the other wildlife... Right, it's set up. There's a bunch of tourist companies that will take you on tours and accommodation will usually provide the tours contacts mm-hmm. or whatever. They might even run it themselves. It's in those pockets, it's very, very set up. Yeah. Outside those pockets, there's nothing Not set up all. for you. So no. like we stopped in a in one place on the way to like from Medan to the jungle. I forget the name of that town, but we stopped in a place and immediately we were like, ah, we shouldn't be here. Like, it was sketchy. Yes, and we had people warning us. Yeah, they were like, be careful, people will steal your phones. Yeah. This was a local that was telling yeah. us. This is like, don't have your phones out, don't have this, don't have this. They'll, like, someone will steal it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how true that was, but it definitely fell off even before we, we were warned. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So safety-wise... Safety-wise, there's pockets of there's areas pockets of areas you need to be on high alert. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Especially like, and then like, up in the north north, they had problems before, like Westerners that they had like a lot of violent issues with the locals. Yeah, and as like a woman, exactly, I would say if you want to go to Sumatra, like I've been to Sumatra I loved it I would go again would you go by yourself again yes yeah but I wouldn't I would go by myself if I was going 
to a place. Like if I was going to see a, a, like a specific thing or even see a couple specific things, like like I Bucket Luang. That was the name of the town. Yeah, yeah. So if I was going to Bucket Luang to go see the orangutans or stuff, like yes, I would go by myself. Um, but I would like plan the tour. Yeah. Like we got there and then landed in Madame, which is like the main big city, and then got motorbikes and like rode there. And like we rode there at night. Like would not do that and don't recommend doing that. We didn't plan on doing that. That's just how. Yeah, that's just how it worked out. We yeah. got delayed by so long getting into Madame from the airport and the bus and all that. It yeah, just... so it ended up being night and like that wasn't good, but like that's what happened. Uh, yeah. So as a woman, I'd say if you want to go there, don't be held back. Because of a potential something could go wrong. Because something potentially could go wrong anywhere. So don't let it hold you back. But I would say do extra planning. Do extra planning. And make sure you are dressed appropriately. Again, this is a Muslim country. So you need to make sure that you are covered up. And you don't want to draw any attention to yourself. Again, your hair doesn't have to be covered all the time. Not everyone there covers their hair all the time. But if you are going into an area and you want to blend in. Dress how the people there are dressing. Mm-hmm. So blend in. Um, make sure you bring like flowy shirts that like cover you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and but overall, I'd say don't let it hold you back from wanting to go. If you want to go, go see everything you want to go see. Right. But just keep things in mind. Yeah. But that's the same anywhere. That's the same anywhere. Exactly. But it definitely is an expert level. Like, you have to do planning. You have to, like, no one is going to plan this for you unless you just hop on a trip, which you can totally do. But if you want to, like, backpack Sumatra, it's it's for the expert. Definitely. It's for the expert. It's definitely going to take a lot more time to plan it out. And it takes a lot longer to get everywhere um, than you're going to think. Like Which is everywhere. It's just everywhere, but, like, it double your times that you think like if google maps says one thing double it because you are going to get there very very (laughs) late i'm telling you right now yes you are is there any anywhere else no those are those are our three those are our three those are our three spots each so those are the spots that you should definitely have on your list whether you're a beginner traveler going out on your first trip you have gone out on some trips and you're looking to dive into a little bit more exotic and a little bit deeper into Mm -hmm. a location and if you're an expert and you feel like you have been everywhere seen anything everything maybe these are a couple maybe those are a couple spots you want to add to your list So thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.